Uh, we're we're, we're going to pick up uh, in John, uh, the book of John, as Bo said, this is week seven in our series, I Saw the Light, and would you believe it, six weeks later, we are finally in John chapter two, verse one. It's been six weeks, and we've pushed through 51 verses of John chapter one, and now we're cruising uh, into John chapter two. Uh, I would do all the review of chapter one. But you guys would be here for an hour of review, and then you'd be like, I heard that two weeks ago. Uh, so here's the review in a nutshell. Uh, if you want to have some review, we record all our sermons. So if you missed any sermons or anything, uh, let me know, and we can hook you up with the sermons. They're sh- straight uploaded every night uh, after Tuesday night, straight Sir, uploaded to, to, to Note, but they're uploaded to Google Drive. So if you have a Gmail account, just hook me up with your Gmail account. Share it with you. You can listen to it as many times as you want. Uh, you can share it with as many people as you want uh, as well. But we're in John chapter 2, verse 1. Uh, and the title of the message, if you're taking notes, which I would encourage you guys uh, to take notes. You've heard me say it over and over again. Uh, taking notes is good. Um, we're actually, this is completely side topic from what we're talking about. Uh, but we just started two weeks ago to go through the book of Revelation with our youth group at Hillside. Uh, and the book of Revelation encourages uh, believers to remember and to write down the things which they have heard because when they do, they will be blessed. So God blesses when we remember his word and we write down uh, the things of his word. So, so just be encouraged that taking notes, uh, God's going to bless you as a result. Maybe he's going to bless you through just going back over those notes. Uh, it can come in different forms, various ways. But I encourage you to take notes. Not because I think I have anything good to say, because uh, I know I don't have anything good to say. Uh, but I know God's Word has a lot of good to say. Is that right, Kate? Amen. Amen. Well, John chapter 2, verse 1. Uh, read, uh, follow along with me if you will. It says this, On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says, do it. Now there were set, uh, now there, were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of the purification of the Jews, containing twenty to thirty gallons apiece. And Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw out some now, and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And the master of the feast tasted the water that was made into wine, and did not know where it had come from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. And then the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said unto him, Every man at the beginning sets up the good wine, when the guests have well drunk, Then he gives them the inferior, but you have kept the good wine until now. This was the beginning of the signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. And after this, he went down to Capernaum, he, his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they did not stay there many days. Dear God, I just pray that tonight, uh, as we just take these next few moments, uh, God, and as we look at the perfect Law of liberty, uh, God, as we look at your word. I pray that each and every single one of us, God, uh, God, would learn something new. Uh, God, that we would be encouraged uh, by your word. Uh, God, that your word would build us up. Your word tells us uh, 
God, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we are to be built up in our most holy faith. So God, we pray that each and every single one of us, as we hear the word of God, as we read the word of God tonight, God, that we would be built up in our faith. Uh, God, that we would be inspired. Uh, God, that we would be inspired to follow the examples uh, of, of the characters in the Bible, God, uh, who, who were following you with everything they had. Uh, God, we just pray that each and every single one of us will be challenged by your word as well. Uh, God, that when we read your word, uh, God, it would produce life. Uh, God, that we wouldn't just be uh, stale or stagnant, but God, that we would uh, we would be inspired, we would be encouraged, God, and we'd be challenged by your word. God, we just pray that none of these would be my words, uh, but God, that you would speak through. Uh, God, and so we thank you and we praise you. In your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, uh, we're going to go verse by verse because that's just what we're doing. That's why we're taking a little while. So if you wanted to know why we took so long in John, uh, it's because we go verse by verse. And uh, it's a lot of fun because uh, there's a lot of nuggets of truth. How many of you guys enjoyed three weeks ago when we looked through uh, how Jesus is in the Old Testament? Does, does anyone remember that? It was a long time ago. And I gave you guys homework that week. Um, and I'm, I'm interested if anyone did the homework. Probably not. Uh, but if you were taking notes, I told you to write it down and you were to look at numbers. And you guys remember that? Oh, I anyone remember it. that? You know it. Did you do it recently? No, oh, no, no. So good, so good. Uh, well, um, I don't have time tonight to go over that. Maybe at the end, uh, if, if, if there's time, we'll do it. Um, but there's a nugget of truth in every single verse in the Bible, even the ones that you think are obscure. And so, uh, even as I was studying uh, the last week or so uh, for this portion of Scripture, I was blown away with just even the first verse. Um, and so we're just going to spend a little bit of I'm in the first verse. And the first verse says this, On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Now, there's some very big implications already made here. Um, And so we're going to break those down. Uh, When it says, on the third day, uh, what do you guys think of? Okay, so, so, so yeah, the cross, when he was rose from the dead. uh, Yeah, but but we know that's a later third day. But when you hear uh, uh, just someone starting off uh, on the third day, uh, okay, creation, okay, there's some good thing. Uh, I was thinking more along like on a calendar week, when you hear the third day, what do you think of? Uh, Wednesday, okay, yeah, so it's technically Tuesday, so, so, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, and, and technically, biblically, Sunday is the first day, uh, and so I normally think the third day, Tuesday, so every time, for as long as I can live, every time I've read this, when it says, on the third day, I've always thought it was a Tuesday wedding. And I was like, hey, that's cool. There's probably not a lot of reservations. So, Tuesday wedding, why not? And um, But that's not what the third day means here. And I was blown away, and maybe I'm going to be the only one blown away by this. So, if so, you can just throw these five minutes uh, out. But I think it's good, and it's important for us. It's just an encouragement for us uh, to continue to study God's Word each and every uh, time we read it. Uh, on the third day actually refers to something that happened uh, just a few verses earlier in chapter 1. Does anyone remember something significant that happened in chapter 1? Don't remember. Don't remember. <laughs> Everything, okay? Uh, no, the, the, there was a very important thing that happened in, oh, let's say somewhere around uh, John chapter 1, verse like 33. Anything that happened important there? Okay, no, he, he, he does that right after this event. Right after this event. 
No, not come and see. It, it has a lot to do. Has a lot to do with water and people. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Uh, I, I was almost going to get to the thing where it's like it begins with the B and ends in baptize. Uh, yeah, baptized. Jesus was baptized, and something happened when Jesus was baptized. Does anyone remember what happened when Jesus was baptized? Dove. Yeah. John the Baptist has the testimony that he sees the dove descend on Jesus, and it's as the. It, the Spirit of God descends on not actually a dove. It's a, the Spirit of God as if a dove, uh, and it stayed upon him. Okay? That's what John the Baptist says. He says, it stayed upon him, and it was because the Holy Spirit stayed upon Jesus that John knew that Jesus was Messiah, and that his public ministry could now start. So, this happened literally three days before the wedding. So when it says, on the third day, there in verse 1, you can underline it on the third day and write this up in the corner in your Bible or in your notes. Uh, the third day, this is the third day of Jesus' public ministry as being declared. So the disciples who went with him, verse 2, they'd only been following him for three days. It kind of warped my mind when I thought about that uh, because uh, these people, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to get ahead of myself here, but these guys, they've only known Jesus a little while. They've been following him three days, and now they're at this wedding, big party, good time. Okay, uh, and so the wedding was in Cana of Galilee. I think it's important also um, that when we read the Bible, anytime a city or a region is brought up, uh, we kind of understand where it is. Why? Uh, because it puts things into context. Uh, Cana of Galilee, does anyone know where that is? Uh, in ancient Israel, modern Israel. Does anyone know? Okay, no, it doesn't matter if you know or not. Uh, it's northern Israel, okay? So, chilling up in northern Israel, up by the lake. Uh, so, I don't know if guys think about weddings much. But ladies, how would you like to have a Tuesday wedding uh, on a lake? Not bad, not bad. I don't know about Tuesday, but uh, no, it wasn't on a Tuesday. Remember, that's a different third day. Uh, but... A lake wedding sounds fun. Uh, and so Jesus is there. Uh, but it says this, And the mother of Jesus was there. Now the way this is worded uh, in the original Greek, uh, the way mother is placed here, it is the same placement that would be used for someone who is uh, in charge of the festivities. Um, so most scholars would believe that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was the hostess of this party. So she was the wedding planner. So we've got, we've got like everything coming together now. Lake, Tuesday, not really Tuesday, uh, Mary is planning this wedding. It's gonna be an awesome party. And Jesus was there. So Jesus being there makes it a sweet party. Verse 2 goes on to say this, and he says, Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And this is important. Um, and, and, and we're going to talk about Jesus' answer because it's brought up a lot of questions in the past. Uh, but Mary, being the hostess, um, she, she's like, okay, we're out of wine. So now I probably wasn't the best wedding planner because I didn't plan to bring enough wine. And so she, knowing who her son is, uh, because remember, when Jesus was born, you can look in the account in Matthew and in Luke, we see that the angel tells her that he will be the Savior of the world. So she knows who Jesus is. And at this time, there's some people who are probably questioning. They've been doing the numbers, adding things up. They're like, you know what? Uh, um, 
Jesus? How? He's not really Joseph's son, is he? And they're trying to figure out everything, and so she's got some scrutiny coming on her. Uh, but she knows Jesus is going to do something great, but she's asking Jesus, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? So I can just imagine Mary, uh, maybe you have a mom who asks you questions with that certain look where she's like, I know you're going to do it, uh, but I'm going to ask you anyways. And they've got a like, little twinkle in their eye, like, hey, yeah, hint, 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 you should do this. Uh, I think that's what Mary was doing when she comes to Jesus. She says, yo, Jesus, uh, we're, we're out of wine. Hint, hint, do something. You're the son of God, do something. Uh, and Jesus responds to her um, a way I don't think I would ever respond to my mom, uh, at least in English. He says, woman... What does your concern have with me? My time has not yet come. Uh, and now Olivia says, Woo! Um, because I can only imagine um, a son to a mother calling them woman. Uh, and it's like, oh, what, what? Okay, let me just, this is where the context thing comes in uh, to play. Because uh, probably up until uh, earlier last week, uh, every time I read this, I always thought Jesus was like, Woman? Like, that kind of like, you know, and like, come on, mom. Uh, but a little bit of study, this is good, and you guys are going to hear me say this each and every single week. When you read the Bible, it's important that we understand what's going on and, and, we, and we study it. Because this word mother here, you ready for a Greek word? Going ready for a Greek word? The word, uh, or, or, or not mother, the word woman is the Greek word gunea. Everyone say gunea. Yeah. Alright, now you guys are probably never going to use that again in your life. That's okay. Uh, but this word gunea, woman, uh, is actually a term of endearment. Okay, It's a term of the uttermost respect. So when Jesus is saying woman, he's like, it is with the most respect. Okay, uh, A little fun Bible trivia for you. Uh, Jesus uses this word gunea in another story uh, in Matthew chapter 7, uh, in, uh, in John chapter 17, when uh, there was a woman who was caught in the act of adultery, and she is dragged before Jesus and says, hey, the law says, kill her, what should we do? And Jesus uh, bends down, draws some little pictures in the sand, and then says, uh, he who among you who is without sin, throw the first stone. And they drop their stones and they all walk away. You guys remember that story? Okay. Uh, and then Jesus says something to uh, this woman. And he says, woman, where are your accusers? So what Jesus is doing in this situation, using the word gunea, he is showing respect to someone who society has cast out. And so we, as followers of Jesus, uh, following his example, uh, we can learn from that. And we're going to probably hear about that in a month or two. Um, when we actually get there, but it's a good reminder for us, uh, no matter who society says is what, maybe society said you're something, uh, we are to show respect and love to everybody. Uh, the Bible tells us, treat others the way you would like to be treated. Uh, and so so next time someone asks you to do something, say, woman, and uh, man, yeah. Uh, and, and, and so Jesus says, woman, uh, what does your concern have with me? So I I always used to think Jesus was kind of like indignant with his mom. Uh, like, come on, mom. But really, he's like, mom, you know, like, what does this really actually have to do with me? And then he has a little tagline there. He says, my time has not yet come. My time has not yet come. And this is a phrase that Jesus uses a lot in the Gospel of John, and we're going to see him use it a lot. Um, but he's referring to a very specific 
time. Does anyone just off the top of their head maybe uh, think they know uh, the specific time that has not yet come is? Anyone know? Anyone Are you talking about the rapture? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, this, this is just in his ministry. His time has not yet come. Uh, something happens. Olivia, yes. For like his first miracle? Okay, no, no. This is actually going to be his first miracle. Yeah. No, there's a very specific uh, event that takes uh, place. Um, and Jesus, uh, the time not yet coming, uh, is where he's going to reveal uh, that he is the Son of God, and that um, people are going to know, and people are going to be, okay, this is the Son of God, this is what he was here for. Uh, His time has not yet come. There was a very specific timeline uh, that God had put into place. Jesus knew it. Jesus said, Mom, it's not my time yet. I'm I'm not ready. It's not God's plan yet for everyone to know. So she was expecting Jesus to do some cool, like, rabbit in the hat magic trick, and like wine fall out of the sky and all the fun stuff. Uh, but Jesus says, no, 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 time's not yet. But the mom, being a typical mom, not only a typical mom, but the mother of uh, God, she says, um, well, servants, whatever Jesus says, do it because it's probably going to be good. Uh, and so, what does it continue to say here uh, in verse 6? It says, Now there were six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing about 20 to 30 gallons apiece. So I'm not a math wizard, um, but I'm, I'm smart enough to see this, that the 20 to 30 gallons times 6, uh, we're talking a lot of gallons of water, right? Uh, and Jesus is going to turn this into wine. Uh, so... Uh, that's a lot of gallons <laughs> of wine, and it's a party, and it's going good. Um, and so uh, it, it goes on to say that Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. Then Jesus said, draw out some now and take it to the master of the feast. So he took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water uh, that was made into wine, uh, he did not know where it had come from, but the servants who had drawn it, they knew. And the master of the feast called to the bridegroom, and he said to him, uh, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. So the custom was, let's just do a little bit of the backstory. Uh, Jesus says, draw out this water, give it to uh, the MC. Okay, how many of you guys have ever been to a wedding? You've seen the MC, maybe he's the DJ or whatnot. And uh, so Jesus says, bring the DJ the wine, let him taste it. Uh, and so DJ takes the wine. He's like, there's some good wine. So then he calls over the bridegroom uh, uh, and says, man, you got some good wine. Uh, and the custom was, get everybody drunk on the, uh, on the good stuff, and then when they're too drunk to taste the difference, uh, give them just the really cheap wine, the boxed wine. That's what they do at banquets. I've never worked in catering, but I know you've worked in catering. Uh, that's what they do. That's great. Uh, but uh, they break uh, the mold here. This dude's like, wow, you're really kind of like the coolest guy on the block because you save the best stuff for last. And I really want to hit on that uh, in, in just a little bit, but, but let's just finish reading through here. Uh, and it says this, 
Uh, every man sets out the good wine at the beginning. When the guests have been well drunk, uh, he gives them the inferior. Uh, but you have kept the good wine until now. This was the beginning of the signs that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. Uh, and the disciples believed in him. That's important. Uh, the disciples believed in him. Underline that if you can in your Bibles. Uh, the disciples believed in him. Verse 12 says this, And after this he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they did not stay there that many days. Now, the part I really want us uh, to, to focus on, we've got the story, it's a good story, uh, it's a good party. Um, there was a lot of whining uh, and dining. Uh, ha, 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 ha. Uh, but no, it's true, actually. There was a lot of wine. Uh, and we can relate, uh, because I think we, uh, as just people uh, in general, we tend to do a lot of whining as well. Uh, not the whining like the grape liquid, uh, but we tend to do a lot of the whining, a.k.a. the complaining, the woe is me, why is this happening, I don't understand what's going on. Uh, and, and I think that ties in really well with what Tanya shared with us. Um, we do a lot of Woe is me. How many of you guys, you don't have to raise your hand, but you can if you want to. How many of you guys are a culprit of being a woe is me kind of person from time to time? Okay. See, I said you don't have to raise your hand, but we all know each other. I mean, it's the real deal. That's just how we are. And uh, I think that's our human nature. Um, it's our fallen nature. Um, and we always try and look to place the blame on someone else. Have you guys noticed that? Mm-hmm. We always have to try and place the blame on someone else. Oh, yeah, well, this sucks right now because so-and-so did that, so-and-so did that. Uh, but Jesus, uh, Jesus has uh, a solution uh, for whining. Uh, and, and he tends to say it the best uh, for last. Uh, that, that, that's how God is with us. Uh, he's like, hey, you know what? You complain, you complain. Come to me, ask of me, and I'm going to give you the best. And so, uh, this is what Jesus does here. Very great parallel. Um, these guys, they were wanting stuff, and they said, all right, Jesus, uh, it's time for you to do something. Uh, and so often we get to the place where, where we start uh, questioning God, getting frustrated with God. Uh, God, where are you? What have you done? Uh, aren't you going to show up? I mean, that's kind of what Mary was asking. She's like, come on, Jesus, like, do a miracle. Uh, and, and we tend to ask those same questions. Uh, and I don't know what everybody's circumstances are. Maybe you're doing great. Uh, and maybe life's going uh, just fine and, and everything's good. But you've probably been in a place where you've been frustrated or, or you've been like, all right, God, why is this happening? Uh, and I can guarantee you this, uh, just because you hear this message, you might not be going through it right now. Uh, and just because you hear the message doesn't mean it's going to be a remedy that three months, two years down the road, that you're not going to get in a place. I think we're all going to be at a place sometime where we're going to be like, you know what, God? I have no clue what's going on. I have no answers why. And we're going to ask the questions, God, uh, show up, please. Uh, and here's the thing. God always does. Uh, the Bible tells us he never leaves us nor forsakes us. Uh, and the Bible also tells us that he's the same yesterday, uh, today, and forever. Uh, God never changes, and God's nature uh, is to be a rescuer, okay? So much so that he himself took all our debt, all our sin upon himself, and he died for our sins. His blood covered all of our sins. He literally is the Savior. He has saved us 
from uh, the mess uh, that we created. So God's nature is to save. And if God's nature is to save, we can see it from the beginning of Scripture to the end of Scripture, all throughout. Uh, if God's nature was to save back then, and the Bible tells us that uh, He is the same yesterday, so that's the was, the today, which is the present, and the is to come, uh, what does that say about God now, or God in the future? God is someone who is going to save. And so, uh, so many times we, we don't know what's going on, uh, and, and, and we ask. But here's the thing, when Jesus uh, shows up, when, when God shows up, he always has something better. Uh, and, and it's always a better circumstance. Now sometimes in our view of it, uh, we're like, how, how is this better, God? Well, and, 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 and Ben brings up a really good point. We want it now. We live in a society that is fast, and we want things now. How many of you guys have a, have a smartphone? Uh, do we have, is it 90% of us? Is it 100%? Is there anyone who does not have a smartphone? Olivia does not have a smartphone. Uh, Alex is like, <laughs> uh, and, and we live in a society that wants things fast, okay? Oh, no, my 3G phone uh, that two years ago was the fastest thing on the market isn't good anymore. Give me that 4G phone. And now there's 4G LTE, and I don't even know what they have. They probably have something faster now. But, like, we want things fast, and so that's our society, and that's how we've uh, grown to approach God. Uh, God, I want it now. I want it now. I want it now. God, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Uh, and I think we've lost a lot of, um, I think, the patience uh, that folks had in the past. Uh, when they truly uh, sought after God. Um, the psalmist, David, he says, Early in the morning I rise and I seek thee. Uh, how many of us early in the morning rise and seek God? Um, maybe some of us rise early, uh, and maybe we like pray, uh, like God bless my day. But how, how many of us do we actually seek God? All right, God, I want to know who you are. God, I want to know your heart. God, I want you to show me what your will is. And, and, and we really diligently seek after God. That word seek, how many of you guys, when you were kids, played hide and go seek? Seek means you go and you try and find, right? Okay. Well, the Bible tells us, and this is really cool, it's Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, you can go look. Uh, it says, hey, seek and you will find. Knock and the, yeah, and ask and you shall receive. Yeah, here's the deal. If we do the asking, if we do the knocking, if we do the seeking, God has promised that he will reveal himself. And so, when we're like, alright God, I don't know what's going on, I'm confused, I'm lost, uh, God show up, He's always got something better. He saves the best for last. And, um, and sometimes it shows up in ways that uh, were unexpected to us. Um, I've, I've known, and, and I've been in situations where I was like, alright God, I've really sought Your will, I've read the Word, I, I know what you have for me, uh, so God, open the door. Uh, and when he opens the door, I find very quickly, oh man, my plans that I thought God had for me uh, were completely different. And sometimes it's like, wow, this kind of sucks in the moment. And then we take the step back and you realize, oh my goodness, God didn't just give me water. He gave me wine. 
And, uh, and, and that's really cool because uh, throughout Scripture, uh, wine, uh, God might not give you actually alcohol. Uh, he, he might, but I doubt it. Um, uh, but, but wine in Scripture uh, is representative uh, of God's presence, uh, of God's Holy Spirit, uh, among other things. Uh, and, and so God just doesn't give us the water. The water's great. Okay? Because uh, Jesus tells us, hey, come, if you're thirsty, I'll give you water that you'll never thirst again. Uh, but man, he saves, he saves some good stuff. He says, hey, I've got these countless blessings for you. I've got my presence. I've got my spirit. And you can partake. You can be in these. Just seek me. You will find me. Ask of me. I will give it. Knock and the door will be open to you. So whatever circumstance uh, you're going through, uh, you heard Tammy say, uh, if you're brokenhearted, uh, God is near to the brokenhearted. God mends the broken heart. Um, uh, he binds it back together. And, and, and when Tammy uh, read that verse in, in Psalms uh, 147, it was, yeah, in Psalms 147 about really like binding everything back together, I'm a very visual uh, guy. I like pictures and stuff. So in my mind, as she's saying that, uh, I'm imagining like open heart surgery, uh, and the heart's kind of like falling apart. But like God supernaturally like stitches the whole heart back together, then like wraps it with like surgical tubing. It's like the heart's not falling apart. And I'm like, wow. I mean, that's a graphic picture. I'm sorry for those of you who who don't like medical stuff. Uh, it fascinates me. Uh, Shark Week. Did anyone watch it? Yeah, There's some fascinating stuff. Uh, too much. I'm not going in the ocean ever again. Uh, and, uh, um, and so, uh, I, I digress. Wow. Um, God holds us together. Uh, and uh, it's amazing. So, so whether you're brokenhearted, whether you're in a situation where maybe you're going to be graduating college and you don't know what you're to do next, and you're asking God, hey, show up. I need to know. i got to make some decisions. Uh, maybe you've declined a job that you thought was maybe a good job, and so you're asking, all right, God, I need, I need to know. I need to know. Uh, God's got something for you. So no matter where you are in life, no matter what circumstance you have, uh, God has something for you. Uh, and when we are diligent and we diligently seek things out, uh, God reveals and God blesses that diligence. Um, I, I, I can't reiterate enough. Uh, our society wants things fast and really fast and really fast. And we've forgotten what patience uh, is all about. I uh, I took last week off um, uh, from work. It was my first actual just personal vacation I've had in three years. And uh, it was nice. Uh, and I uh, was very good to uh, stay away from the Internet uh, and stay away from my phone. Uh, and I just, I, I turned life off and just chilled. Uh, and it was, it was very nice and it was very, uh, needed and it reminded me, uh, wow, I really do want things fast and I neglect to actually just sit and wait. Uh, and, and there's something about sitting uh, and waiting. Now, if you sit and wait all the time, you're not going to get anything done. So there's two sides to the coin. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it, it's definitely beneficial for uh, us uh, to sit and wait. How many of you guys? Uh, I, I was recently on a camping trip. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm telling a few stories. I was on a camping trip two weeks ago with our youth, and uh, I've grown up. Our church campout has been at the same place uh, for longer than this church has existed. My previous church went to the same place. So I've been camping at the same campground for 21 years. Uh, and 
uh, I found out it's not really camping because it has electrical hookups, has running water, and there's a actual bathroom house uh, just down, uh, not even a hundred yards away. And I was like, this is awesome. So we went camping with the youth group uh, for for our summer camp, and we took them to a campground. And I was like, oh yeah, all campgrounds have electrical hookups and running water. well, I knew this one didn't have electricity because it said it on the on the internet. But when we got there, I very quickly found out we did not have running water. Uh, and if you know anything about camping, uh, running water is important. Uh, and when you know anything about camping with 20 youth kids, uh, 12, 15 of which are junior high boys, um, water is very needed. Sometimes to like soak the guys when they're getting out. No, I'm just joking. But. Uh, uh, no, water was necessary, and so we needed to figure some things out. But the moral of this story is uh, we were away from all the distractions, and we were actually able to uh, really seek God un- undistracted. And uh, God did some really cool things. Uh, he did some really cool things in the lives of some of our youth, uh, and, and I think it has a direct relation to uh, that we had no electronics, we had no distractions, uh, and I think that's how God uh, intended it and, and set it up. Now, is God against electronics? Absolutely not, no. Uh, but uh, I think it's important for us to really understand uh, what it means to be patient. Uh, we can see even here in this portion of Scripture, Jesus' mom, uh, she, she wasn't patient. She said, Jesus, let's go, let's go. And Jesus said, it's not my time yet. It's not my time yet. So maybe you're in a situation and you're hearing all this uh, that we're saying now, and you're like, Man, like, okay, that's great, but all right, I'm going to knock, I'm going to seek, I'm going to ask. Uh, God, give it to me. Uh, and sometimes God's saying, uh, it's, not, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. Uh, and sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow. Uh, but sometimes it's the very pill that we need to swallow most. Uh, because God is bringing us along on a journey, uh, and this journey is called life. Uh, and, and God does have a plan, and God does have a purpose for each and every single one of you. Uh, and, and so if you're searching, um, Jesus, uh, he, he's got it for you. And the Bible tells us uh, that he knows the plans he has for us. Uh, and that before we were born, we were in the womb, we were fashioned and we were made specific for a specific purpose. Okay, And so God has a plan uh, for you. I spent a lot of more time than I meant to on that, but praise God, uh, someone needed to hear it. Uh, verse 11 says, This was the beginning of the signs that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. Uh, so, third day, not Tuesday, remember third day after Jesus was baptized, third day after Jesus' ministry has begun, uh, this is his very first miracle. Uh, and when they say first, it contains that there's going to be more. And so as we continue to read uh, these following chapters over the next few weeks and months, we're going to see Jesus does some pretty amazing things. And they continue to compound and to pile on top of each other. And, and he, uh, he is manifesting His glory. But here it is. Uh, his glory was manifested. Now this word glory here, you guys ready for another Greek word? Okay. Uh, the Greek word for glory uh, is not gloria. Uh, it's actually uh, doxa. Everyone say doxa. Um, Sounds like a dog. Uh, no, that'd be a dachshund. Uh, and that's German, not Greek. Uh, but, uh, what are some words that we can think of that have doxa in it? Anyone think of a word that has doxa in it? Doctor. Or just dox? Not, not doctor. Doxology? Absolutely. What's another word? It's doxology. 
We'll get there in just a minute. Uh, how, how about a... Doc Martin. No, paradox. There's the word. Doxology. Paradox. Uh, how about orthodox? Yeah, okay. These are all uh, words that have to do uh, with God's uh, glory. Uh, and, and so throughout the New Testament, when you see the word glory, it's primarily the word uh, doxa, uh, which has to do everything with the glory of God being manifest. Uh, verse 12, uh, it says, After uh, this, he went down to Capernaum. Uh, and some pretty cool things happened in Capernaum, uh, but we're not going to get there uh, tonight. And then it says this, uh, And he, his mother, and his brothers, and his disciples, uh, they did not stay there many days. Now, I think it's important for us to also notice uh, who's traveling with Jesus at this point. Because um, how many of you guys remember when you were in kids' church, like the little flannel grams? Does, it, does it, anyone remember flannel grams? Uh, it's like the little piece of felt, and it, you, have, you have like the little like cool like Bible characters that were drawn and colored in the 80s, and they have a little like Velcro on the back, and you like tell a story, and it's like, Ooh. okay, you guys remember that? Okay, so most of the time when you see Jesus and his disciples, it's Jesus and his 12 posses, right? Or his 12 companions in his posse. I don't think you can have posses. Um, but uh, it's Jesus in the 12th. Um, but that's just a Western misconception. Uh, Jesus had a lot more than 12 dudes hanging out with him. That we can see here, well, uh, he had his mother. He had his brothers, uh, which a few of them we know of. So like 15. So, yeah, we got, uh, he had like three brothers. Uh, so 12 plus 3, 15 plus his mother would be 16. Uh, but we know... Uh, in other portions of scripture, uh, there's up to 72 disciples that he sends out two by two. Uh, when they meet in the upper room, uh, these were Jesus' disciples, 120. Uh, so Jesus had a big multitude. But at this point, he's got his disciples. Now we see uh, in all the other gospels, it tells us who all his disciples were. Uh, but what did we learn last week? We only see how many uh, who are called to come and see to follow Jesus. How many? Do you guys, you guys remember by looking back? I'm holding it. Yeah, four. There we go. Uh, Philip, Nathaniel, and Peter, and Andrew. And John is writing this. Uh, John has a brother named James. Uh, and, and, uh, and then there's some, some more guys that you can go look up on your own. But so these guys are following Jesus. Um, but the important part, I had you underline it, and I actually skipped over it as we were reading just now. Uh, for a specific reason, because I wanted to see if anyone underlined it and picked it up. What did I tell you to underline that's important? Uh, yeah, his disciples believed in him. And this is, guys, what it all really comes down to. Uh, and and we're going to finish up like in like two minutes. So I'm going to invite Bo. Bo, if you could actually come back up here. I think the sound system on, so can you actually kick the button off on the back uh, of the thing? Uh, that way the guitar doesn't drown me out. Um, but uh, the disciples, they believed in him. And I think this is uh, really, really important. Um, because we, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are called to be uh, disciples. Okay, We are called to follow Jesus. Uh, and we are called to really believe in uh, Jesus. Uh, and, and Jesus tells his disciples, hey, uh, you, guys, you guys believed in me. 
you guys saw me. You saw me do some amazing things. But he said, you guys believe that's great. But there's going to be people uh, who believe and they haven't seen me. And blessed are those who believe even though they haven't seen. And so uh, if you're here tonight, uh, I, I, I would... Uh, Assume that you've heard of Jesus, and if you haven't uh, before tonight, then you've heard of him tonight. Uh, and, and Jesus is a very real person, uh, and, and uh, he's very real God, and he has a very real plan and a purpose for your life. Uh, and the Bible tells us that we're blessed for believing him, even though we haven't seen him. Uh, and so, as we've been talking about all this, maybe questioning, I don't know what's going on in life, uh, but we said Jesus has something, okay, and he saves the best for last. Uh, maybe for some of you, the hardest part, uh, like you hear it, you hear it, you hear it, you want to know that it's true. Maybe you even know that it's true, but the hardest part is believing it. Um, the hardest part is believing. Uh, because, once again, we live in a society, I ain't believing it if I don't see it. If I don't see it, if I don't see Sasquatch, I don't think he's real. And uh, uh, and so people are like, you know, I don't see Jesus moving. Uh, I wanna, I wanna believe, but I don't believe. Um, and 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 I want to encourage you guys uh, from my own personal life, uh, from from the examples of many people who've gone before. Uh, Jesus is very real, uh, and He very much has a plan and a purpose, uh, and we got to believe it. What does the Bible also tell us? The Bible tells us, ask and you shall receive. But the Bible says also, it says, believing you will receive. So not just asking, but believing we receive. And so I want to encourage you guys tonight, whatever it is that you're going through, maybe you're not going through anything, praise Jesus. Uh, Maybe you're not going through anything and you just don't believe. And so uh, tonight is the night, guys. Uh, Let's believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And let's believe that the plans that he has for us, uh, he, he's going to save the best for last. And he's going to give uh, the best. So so I'm going to ask Sam. Sam, you might turn these lights down just a little bit. Uh, and I'm going to invite you guys to stand. Uh, and, and as you guys are standing, I'm just going to uh, ask you just to close your eyes. Uh, and uh, with every eye closed, with every head bowed, uh, you and God but if you're going through something in life uh, circumstance seems bigger than you can handle uh, it's only big enough that God can handle it uh, and you're looking and you don't see God and you're like man I want to believe I want to believe but I just don't know that I can and, and, and you want uh, you want God to come alongside uh, and show you want that courage and that boldness to say you know what I believe and believing I receive if that's you tonight you're going through something this is between you and God uh, if that's you uh, just let us know by raising your hand uh, and we, we want to pray with you uh, that God's going to do a work in your life amen amen I see those hands I see those hands once you raise your hand you can put it down amen maybe you're here and uh you believe, and, and, and you're waiting, and you're asking, and you're like, all right, God, I believe, and uh, I want I want your best. And God, I understand I want my timing, 
But God, I know your timing's better. So God, give me the patience, that fruit of the Spirit, the patience to wait for your timing. Uh, if that's you and you just want some spiritual patience, some Holy Spirit patience to wait for God's timing, I just want to encourage you uh, to raise your hand also so we can be praying with you uh, tonight. Amen. Amen. Let's all pray together and then we're going to we're gonna sing this song uh, about overcoming uh, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. The blood of the Lamb. Jesus has it. He's done it. He's paid it. And the word of our testimony. We believe in Jesus. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you. God, we thank you that you have uh, our best interest in mind. Uh, God, we thank you that you have uh, saved the best for last. God, that when everyone else gives the best uh, first and we get excited, but then it just fades off and they give the bad at the end. God, we thank you that you saved the best for last. And God, you just keep getting better and better and better. God, your word tells us that you never leave us nor forsake us. God, we thank you that you're always with us. God, we just pray right now for everyone who raised their hand, God, who wants to believe. God, we pray that they would believe. God, they would believe in faith. God, that they would step out in that faith and say, I believe that Jesus has a plan. God, and as they declare that, as they speak life, as they speak truth into their situations, they believe that you have a plan and a purpose. God, we pray that you would mend the brokenhearted. God, we pray for those who are who are questioning what they are to do next. God, we pray that you would give them comfort. God, you would give them peace in their decision making. God, for those who, God, are struggling with a certain circumstance, this or that, God, we just pray, uh, God, that they uh, would know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you've got a plan, God, and you've got their back. God, and then for those who raise their hand and who say, I believe, I believe, I believe. And God, I want it now, but God, I know you have my best interests and you've got my timeline. So God, give me patience. Holy Spirit, I need that patience to wait for God's time. God, I just pray right now that you would give each and every single one who raised their hand a measure of patience. God, so much patience. God, press down, shaking together and running over. God, so that we will trust you. <coughs> God, not just with our mouths, not just with our minds, but God, that we would trust you with our hearts. God, that in your due time, in your due season, God, that you would reveal your will and your plan. God, and we would walk in faith, believing with the word of our mouth and the word of our testimony. God, we thank you. So God, I pray for each and every single one who raised their hand tonight. God, that you would do a work in their lives even tonight. God, that you would concrete and cement it in their hearts. So that God, they can remember back to this day and say, this was the day I believed. This was the day I began to be patient and to rely on God. God, and as a result of it all, God, we thank you that we can overcome. So God, we thank you and we praise you. In your son's name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Let's sing. We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Every 